today on From A to Ziggy, chant of the ever-circling skeletal family. I'm a ghost. Welcome to From A to Ziggy. This is the podcast in which we listen to every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order and talk about it. My name's Thomas. And I'm Travis. And today we're talking about chant of the ever-circling skeletal family. The ostentatiously titled and opaque and hard to decipher song that closes Diamond Dogs 1974 and segues straight from Big Brother the uh, the glorious pronouncement of faith and uh, supplication to a higher authority that kind of summarizes the whole atmosphere of, of 1984 and Diamond Dogs yeah and here we have the climax of that joyous it's just, it's reveling in the dystopia. Reveling in the dystopia. So, in a previous episode, a very previous episode, we were discussing how... Um, Such an early song. A lot of these songs, we're trying to judge them solely on their individual merits. I felt like this was, this fits in that category of songs where you kind of, to appreciate it, you have to appreciate it within the context of the larger body that it, it's a part of. Okay. If you just listen to this song by itself... It's just like, what is this weird-ass song I'm listening to? But when you've listened to and digested all of Diamond Dogs, even if you just listen to Big Brother into this song, it becomes a better song, I feel like. Which actually, this is the second Diamond Dog song in a row we've done where it kind of feels like that. Where it needs, in order to really appreciate it, it needs to be within the context of where, of what's around it on the album. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, that's a really well-sequenced album yeah there's a lot of segues and transitions that just make sense yeah and are kind of important kind of uh critical yeah this isn't an album that you can really just be like i want to listen to this song right now i'm gonna listen to the song you really do need to listen to it front to back to appreciate what you're listening to yeah that's why that's what i think drew me to it as this was one of the first bowie albums that i bought it's is just the cohesiveness of the whole thing the way that it brings you into a story, brings you into a world, and uh, just inhabit that for about an hour, and then it stays with you. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, this is the closer. This is the the reveling in in the dystopia moment. How do we describe this song? There's it's, uh... the lyrics. Let's start with the lyrics. Yeah. It's the heart and soul of any song. Brother. Ooh. ooh. Shake it up. Shake it up. Move it up. Move it up. Repeat. Bro, 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 bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, he doesn't actually just say bro, bro, bro. Don't worry, listeners. He's not, he's not foreseeing a different kind of dystopia. He's not talking about a fraternity dystopia. It's, uh, it, it's I guess, supposed to sound like a bunch of people just mindlessly chanting to their, their new higher power, their Glorious big brother. Leader. Benevolent yeah. leader. So it's... Uh, You've got the guitars that come in first, and they're playing in a weird meter. It's kind of hard to track. It's kind of hard to, to trace. You have to sort of count the beats to get any sense of the measures. Turns out, it's changing. It's one of those time signatures that changes. So it, it turns out it's 6-4 and then 5-4 alternating. 6-4, 5-4. So there's six, that means there's six beats. The four is a quarter note, so there's six quarter notes in every measure. And then the next measure has five 
quarter notes. Uh, so if you were keeping count on a drum, it would be one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. It starts out with the guitars. The guitars come in first and they have this sort of riff that's, that's going along that pattern. And there's drums. So what's really disorienting about this song is the way that the drums and the guitars don't really match up. Because the drums, they're keeping time with the guitars, but they're on a different measure altogether. They're on a different time signature altogether. The drums are on 2-4 the whole time. So 6-4 and 5-4 adds up to 11 beats, right? Yeah. And then you have 2 repeating over and over again. So 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. 10 and 12 are sort of surrounding 11. 11 doesn't divide into 2. You can't, like, match those things up unless you repeat the whole thing another time to get it to even numbers so that it divides by two. The whole thing cycles in and out of phase, uh, which just sort of makes it really disorienting. Kind of makes it hard to, to count things. Yeah. The 2-4 not landing, the, so the, that means that the uh, upbeat and the downbeat of the 2-4 rhythm track, they don't land on the same section of the riff for alternating cycles. So you have it, when Bowie shouts brother, at the beginning of the the lyric, at the beginning of the, what would you call this, a verse or a chorus? It's a um, chorus, right? Or a chant. It's just a chant, yeah. Not really any kind of verse chorus to this. At the beginning of each chant, it's the word brother. The first time it lands on the downbeat, and the second time it lands on the upbeat, and then downbeat, and then upbeat for those different repetitions. So it's, it's cycling in and out of phase. It's a really weird structure. Yeah. And then you've got woodblocks and uh, weiro that comes in, that sort of like weird wooden, uh, not weird, I shouldn't say weird, because it's, it's just ethnic. It's, <laughs> I'm being totally <laughs> euro Good thing you netted that out. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, that's what you call it, right? An ethnic instrument. It's, it belongs to a certain yeah, like, it's, it, culture. It's the, yeah, it's, you almost hear it more in like, like salsa almost. It's a... Uh, like, it's what you use, you're, yeah, you've got the mortar and pestle sort of yeah, thing. It's what you use to grind it. salsa. Grind up tomatoes to go into salsa. Um, but you can also use it in music. Brother, ooh, ooh. Shake it up, shake it up. Move it up, move it up. And on and on. Yeah, there's not really much to parse through on lyrics on that one. <laughs> so there's, other than that, there's the sound effects. Uh, Tony Visconti was the producer on this record. He, of course, later on, would be known for his experimentation with eventide processors, especially on the uh, on low, with the the drum sounds that he gave to Dennis Davis's drums, which Bowie described as that depressive gorilla effect. Are we talking about like gorilla, like is in like monkey or gorilla like? Gorilla's an ape. Well, not a yeah. monkey, Travis. And yeah, the way I read it, it was it was G O R, so I think it was. Not or like, it could be not depressive. Like a, gorilla, like a rebel, like a rebel. Yeah, it could be. It could be a de depressive gorilla, like a rebel. Yeah, instead of a rebel, rebel. It's a. It's kind of a <sighs> rebel. I guess. Rebel. It's not. It's not so excited about the rebellion to repeat yeah. it again. It's just you know, gorilla. An ambivalent Zapatista. That joke went over my sword right over my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Tony Visconti was using another. Let's let this garbage truck pass by. Peeking behind the curtain of the, of the recording process, listener, behind me you'll hear 
the garbage truck. It is garbage day. Mm, your garbage day is different than my garbage day. Our, everybody's garbage day is different. Yeah. And that's, and that's the truth. That's a very important truism. Yeah, I have to Google when my garbage day is going to be now. So you see it being Mondays. Oh, when you, when you move, it ch-ch-ch-changes. It does. My, it will ch-ch-change. You know, it's interesting, the machines that they use uh, in, those, in those trucks. They actually are hydraulically powered and they have a, <laughs> a lever and it crushes the trash. You'd think that they would just gather the stuff. Actually, I think this might be the uh, recycling, which is an even more interesting process because somebody has to go through with gloves on, thick gloves, and sort all the recycling material, recyclable yeah. materials, glasses and cans. Doesn't sound like a pleasant job. No. A couple years ago, uh, my girlfriend and my roommate went to this fair up in Maine. It was like an agricultural fair. And you could get free admission if you did a volunteer job for a couple hours. And they that was their thing. Was they had to like sort through all the garbage and compost and everything. Oh, wow. I had to work. I was like, I could take a day off to sift through garbage for a large chunk of the day and camp outside in 50 degree weather, but I think I'll just have the apartment to myself and make a little money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to a public high school. In order to fund the high school, they had to cut out uh, janitorial staff. So uh, every student at that school had, had a job and mine was cleaning the bathrooms. This was back in Mississippi? Back in, back in old Mississippi. It was a good school though. That was the price you had to pay for a good education in yeah. Mississippi. But yeah, Garbage Truck featured prominently at the end of the movie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. When it was the foil, so to speak, for the, <laughs> for the Shredder, who, spoiler, somehow lived through that. Yeah. So this was before movies did reboots and things. So this was, this was the same Shredder between the two movies. Right? Yeah. Who is way more badass than the Shredder in the new one. I mean, I haven't seen the second new one, but I watched, like, the first of the reboots when it finally came out on Netflix, because I refused to pay money to see Michael Bay movies. It sucked. It was terrible. Um, yeah, Shredder's down nearly as badass as he is in the original. Hmm. Michael Bay's making another new Transformers movie, too. Yeah, I have a lot of angst about that, because I, I found out about them doing yet another Transformers movie right around the same time I found out that they were not going to do a second Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, that's not fair. It's not fair. It didn't. I guess it didn't perform as well commercially as they wanted it to. It still made pretty decent money, but I guess it ultimately was, they lost money on it. But it was better than it got credit for. Damn it. So that killed some time. That killed some time. Uh, on that note... Um, it's a good thing that moved when it did, because I could have ranted about Ghostbusters for like 45 <laughs> minutes. I got a lot of opinions about that movie. Uh, Eventide, uh, sound effects. Over the course of the song, there's, there's this phasing effect that goes in. That's, that's an Eventide processor. And then there's, at the end, there's this sort of breakup. Like it's, the sound is kind of breaking apart. It kind of, it, I always thought it was the tape, the, the, the master tape sort of like. Just like glitching out and they decided let's leave this. Yeah, you know how like, because at the end you've got the, the repeated brother, which I, I, a story I read about that was that it was a tape mistake, that they, they were recording it and the tape got stuck and it just sort of repeated over and over. 
I don't know how tapes and studios and things work. I guess it doesn't actually work that way. But it also it sounds like it's breaking up. That's another eventide processor. And then there's that repeated syllable um, at the very end. That's another eventide processor, a delay processor. And they it was actually a digital processor. It was very early digital recording. They were able to, able to sample it and repeat it. But uh, it was early days, so they didn't have a whole lot of memory in the processor. So they had wanted, David had wanted to record Brother, and he started saying it, and the memory cut out after like just that little syllable. And so they weren't able to do it. So it's just, it's just bruh, 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 bruh. And that's the story of, uh, that's all I got. That's all I know. Yeah. That's everything I know about Chant of the Ever-Circling Skeletal Family, except that I like it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on into ratings. How many, uh, let's see, <laughs> how, how many, many, how many brothers, I how guess? How many bones are in the how many, human body? How many bros? How many bros? How many bromances? I would give this two and a half bromances by itself. Three within the context of the larger body. Of the album, the whole yeah. album. Yeah, because it's this short, weird thing. It hardly strikes me... I, no, I don't want to say it's hardly a song, because it's not hardly a song. It's really... It is a song, and I think it's a good song. I actually like this song, and I will actually put this on just to listen to this one. I did a lot <laughs> in in preparing for this episode. Oh, see, every, when I was preparing for this episode, I was always starting at Big Brother. You would listen and to Big Brother. Big Brother into this song. Carry on. Yeah. I will listen to Big Brother in order to hear Chant of the Ever-Circling Skeletal Family. And I don't like Big Brother as much as I like this song. That's interesting, because I was glad this song gave me an excuse to kind of revisit Big Brother, because I really like that song a lot. I don't remember what I gave Big Brother, but uh, I'm going to give this one four uh, romances, because I, I really do like it. And yeah, I like it enough to sort of go back and just listen to another, what is it, four or five minute song just to lead up to this. When they do it live, they just, uh, it segues straight from Big Brother. And I think on the track listings on those live al- on that live album, you don't see chant of the ever-circling skeletal family. Yeah. It's, just, it's just Big Brother. So my, all my experience with Diamond Dogs is on Spotify. I've never owned a physical copy, but I've always just streamed it. Does it? segue more cleanly on the album or is, is there it, a skip is there a gap yeah oh that is tragic that yeah. is tragic that's that's why i don't stream anything yeah yeah no it's a clean segue mm. yeah i was assuming that that was probably the case but yeah there's a little bit of a gap i'm i'm, I'm gonna lend you a disc you should rip it to I'm not advocating music piracy ladies and gentlemen but uh i will delete my mp3 copies <laughs> And you should... You I will eventually be getting this on vinyl when I stumble upon it. Because yeah. they are starting to make Dave Bowie vinyl yeah. well, it's far more accessible. And it is coming out in the new box set, Who Can I Be Now, in September. So I've been reining in my record buying and preparing for moving. Because records suck to move. But once I am settled into my new place, I'm going to go freaking crazy again. And this is one of the ones that might have to happen. This, uh, this record, I'd say, is a must-have. Yeah. For me, it's just always a matter of like what order I want to buy stuff in, because like, I just have this massive list of things I need to have. Yeah. It's just a matter of prioritizing when you're going to buy them. Yeah. I'd put this one near the top. Uh, covers? Any covers? There are a few covers. The Wedding Present is a band from the 70s, I think, that did it, or the 80s. I'm not really sure. But uh, the one I picked is uh, YouTuber The Kaiser 22 did an 8-bit 
version of it, 8-bit rendition that sounds basically like an NES. And they must have gone through and done all the timing meticulously as well, because I counted that as well, and it matches <laughs> up just like the original. So uh, really good 8-bit version on YouTube. The Kaiser or the Keyser, K-E-Y-S-E-R 22. Maybe in exchange for the plug, he'll give us an insight on how to pronounce his name. Yeah. If you're listening, the Keyser 22, please let us know how you pronounce your name. Link us to your Facebook page where you've got your how to pronounce your name yeah. thing spelled out in phonetic letters. Uh, that's going to do it for Chant of the Ever-Circling Skeletal Family. That fire that they're, they're dancing around probably is uh, cooling down. The embers are just uh, smoldering. And uh, we're going to join a smaller group who are going to... A smaller but equally weird family. Yeah. Who are going to dance around that fire and spark it up again. Um, you know, 70s, man. <laughs> we're going to move into the 80s and we're going to listen to uh, Chili Down. Yeah. I'm going to Chili Down by that fire. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Email, yada yada. Until Friday, I'm Thomas. And I'm Travis. Bruh, 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 bruh. It's true.